0: You're listening to Inside Content, the TV industry podcast. This show is brought to you by 3Vision, a global TV industry consultancy specializing in content acquisition, strategy, research, and business development. Each episode, we give you VIP access to the views and experiences of senior TV executives and discuss the latest TV industry trends and insights.
1: In this episode, I speak with Pierre Branco, Country Manager for France, Benelux, Middle East, and Africa, and Head of Distribution and Ad Sales, EMEA, at WarnerMedia. We talk about WarnerMedia's linear and SVOD strategy with the introduction of HBO Max, windowing, third-party content sales, and more.
0: HBO Max is definitely the most uh, important and strategic part of our business today. It's emerging, it's growing, it's not launched everywhere yet, but the ambition is huge. At the same time, the purpose of HBO Max is not to host the full library from Warner Brothers. And therefore, a big part of our portfolio of brands, but also our library of content, can be made available somewhere else and can be sold to uh, other players.
1: I'm joined today on Inside Content by Pierre Branco from Warner Media. Pierre, nice to see you.
0: Hi, nice to see you as well.
1: Um, Pierre is the country manager for France, Benelux, Middle East and Africa and head of distribution and ad sales, EMEA, at WarnerMedia. So (laughs) maybe, Pierre, it's a good place to start to explain a bit more about your role.
0: Yeah, sure. I basically have a double hat. Um, On one side, as a country manager, I'm overseeing all the WarnerMedia operations In the markets that you've just mentioned, France, Benelux, the Middle East, and Africa, which means that I'm managing all our businesses that we, we have in those territories, which as you would expect are theatrical distribution, local theatrical production, TV distribution or content sales, let's say, home end, which means physical, digital, video, games, and joint marketing. So that's which are all our businesses in, in, in all these markets, and also consumer products, which is obviously linked to our franchise business, where we operate a number of brands and licenses in, in those territories. That's one side of, of my role. And the other side is what you described as head of uh, distribution and ad sales. And in and for this part of my role, it's really it's really strategic, you know, commercial strategy for the group. So we have as Warner Media, we operate a number of, we had. Three companies, as you as you probably know, Warner Brothers, Turner, and HBO, which have now been combined. And we operate a number of channels, services, streaming services, or just branded as bot services in the region, in the Amira region. And my role is working with all our local teams is to ensure that our distribution and ad sales strategy is executed, not as individual markets, but as a, as a whole. And that applies to all our existing services, channels like CNN, Call Network, TCM, Warner TV, um, Tsunami, and, 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 and many other brands we have in those markets. And also now with the rollout of HBO Max, um, the, the streaming part of, of our business, which is obviously growing.
1: Sure. A lot of focus, I guess, on HBO Max, in, in the media at least. Um, so maybe we, we start talking a little bit about that. How does the linear strategy for WarnerMedia sit with the sort of streaming HBO Max? I, th- I think I'm right, there's no linear on HBO Max as such.
0: On HBO Max, let's say, there isn't. We do, we do have today a linear business that will continue for HBO in Europe, in Central Eastern Europe, so we operate a number of well, HBO channels in markets like Poland, Romania, Bulgaria, you know, Hungary, Czech, etc., etc., uh, so we have channels, HBO channels there, that uh, are very successful and that will, will keep on uh, running. But obviously the big news on the HBO front for us is the rollout of HBO Max uh, in EMEA, uh, which started at the, in October last year in Spain and in the Nordic countries, and it, which will now expand to uh, many more countries this year. So if, if I'm to, you know, try to summarize how we operate in the region we do really have two complementary businesses we've had a linear business for a very long time uh, under the turner Hat, let's say or the turner roof uh, and then on the other side uh, this hbo business in, in central eastern europe and then we added ott services for hbo in a number of markets um, and it's been added uh, and created a, um, some time ago now and what we're doing today is we're really as i said managing those businesses uh, as complementary assets, because what we see is that in reality, it it isn't, we're not in a a world where you would have one viewer that would always choose between, I want to do streaming or watch linear. We know that there are multiple touch points and our aim is to be um, making our content available on all those touch points. And then it's for the consumer to decide how they want to watch content. So uh, we have very different distribution strategies, uh, but our aim is to make our content uh, available as widely as possible and that's why it's very clear and fundamental to us to have this linear strategy and this streaming strategy uh, exist in parallel. Obviously, we operate them in a joint way, so we, you know, there's a winning strategy, there's always, from a curation and editorial perspective, we ensure that those services are not just the same, but we feel that there is a lot of, uh, there's a lot of value in keeping both services. The channel's, and branded services that we have in market have been there for a very long time and have been and are still very successful Uh, and they allow us to do a lot of content sampling uh, also cross promotion and and they enable a lot of discovery for our our content for our brands for our franchises which also helps us maximize uh, marketing and uh, and audience for our shows and obviously on the streaming part uh, which is massively growing and for some consumers is the now the one kind of key way to engage with content. Um, we want to make sure with maps that we make available kind of the best experience from both a purely user experience but also a content point of view by making loads of content available, not just loads of content, but the best content from our our own Warner Media studios and from third party. So Definitely complementary and, uh, and this, this idea, which is to allow the consumers to engage with content in the way they want. And the, the other thing I would say as well about how we envisage those two is really that you know, HBO Max is a broad service, which makes content available for the whole family. So each uh, user in the family can watch what they want and find what they want within the service. The, the branded services and the channels on the other side are way more segmented and, and curated and tailored in a way to uh, address very specific uh, audience. And that's why we feel that the two, also because they're not distributed exactly in the same way, are, are, uh, make a lot of sense.
1: Sure. And you, I mean, where you have channels or branded services sitting alongside HBO Max, you, know, you, you talked about the windowing of the content there. Where will it go first, or does it vary from market to market? I would say overall,
0: there isn't one windowing policy that would apply to the whole world and all sorts of content. It is not a market by market, because we have an overall strategy, but um, we, as, as you know, our library is so huge, our content production arm is so big that we, we have, not millions, but thousands of hours made available. And then it's really our job to choose where they should sit if they should sit somewhere exclusively or if they should be be on one service first and then and move to others so you know it it really depends on the type of content and sometimes the market uh but overall you will for sure find some of the content exclusively on hbo max the hbo content or the, the max originals that we are creating naturally sit on the HBO Max platform and that's where they will be. Uh, but then, you know, windowing may mean that some of this content may go somewhere else at some point. Uh, and on the other side, we have content that is produced only for our channels and or uh, run only on our channels and that doesn't make so much sense for HBO Max. So that's why we don't envisage this as a very kind of binary approach where it's either everything's exclusive or everything first there. Um, we we want to ensure that we adapt to the reality of the market uh, and the taste of, of an audience. Uh, so that's why we kind of keep some flexibility there, but always ensuring that the consumer will find the content that is most, is, is kind of the best for the experience they're looking for on each service.
1: Sure. Sure. Okay. Well, you know, with with the introduction of HBO Max and Disney Plus and the other sort of mega streamers, I think the, the role of the traditional pay TV platform is is kind of shifting a bit. How do you see that evolving and how, how does that play into your strategy?
0: Yeah, well, we're definitely in a, in a very dynamic environment. Um, and, and the pay TV sector is undoubtedly um, undergoing dramatic or massive changes in all markets. And with my, you know, distribution hats, I see the situation in all of the EMEA markets, and also speaking to some of my colleagues in the US or in other parts of the world, we see that there's definitely a trend there and an evolution. What I would say is that it's not just the pay TV platforms that are evolving, it's really the industry. And in that sense, we're evolving with them, right? But still, despite this evolution, I would say that it's it's probably, I would say the basics haven't changed if you want, meaning that from the beginning uh, of, of paid television, uh, it's It's really been about finding content that you were ready to pay for and going to these specific plat- platforms for that. I don't think that this kind of basic thing has changed, which is the plat- these platforms need to ensure that they find their space in the value chain and in the ecosystem so that consumers find value and they, they can justify that you know, b- being charged for that. It, at some point it was purely about linear, Pay TV, so linear channels that were different from what you would find on free-to-air channels, and then it got more into and premium as well, and then it got into uh, on-demand. It was adding value for consumers, uh, and then streaming came. And streaming, as we know, is originally is more of an OTT thing. So you could question whether the Pay TV platforms have a role to play there. But I think you know even a player like Netflix has, has come to these platforms as, when they started as an OTT player. So that's why I think that the role of the platform, of the TV platform, which has always been to aggregate, meaning to get all this stuff on one single platform and then make it available to consumers and help, help them make a decision on what they want to watch, uh, still remains um, very meaningful. It's just that it's not one single source. It's not only linear content, or it may come from different apps sitting on their on their platform. But the overall role that they're playing uh, remains remains, I think, fundamental. And they remain I would say they remain fundamental to a player like us, so a media group like us, an entertainment company like us. And in the same way, they're fundamental to us because they have created this relationship. With, subscribe, with their subscribers and with their consumers. And we know that that's not an easy thing to do, right? Building this direct-to-consumer relationship is, is key. So we certainly see them as very important to us, not the only way to, when we get come to streaming, not the only way to distribute our content, but certainly a, an important one. And also, uh, we, I would say that they play an important role in you know, helping elevate the profile of the programming and and the the reach uh, of the total addressable market. That's probably one thing that I think is true today and will remain true. These platforms have a direct and very strong relationship with their subscriber base, which means that for streamers, it's it's very important to be able to reach those consumers, uh, which may not be as easily reachable uh, just through direct consumer. So definitely valuable. If I were to also find another example, in terms of content discovery, um, I do think that linear channels, and especially if you look at the younger kids, for example, which is important to us as we are a big kids player, uh, we see that younger kids still tend to discover content through linear, and in that sense, having both the linear channels and a streaming service on one platform, we feel is a, is a very valid and relevant approach to the consumer because they can engage with content on one side and then potentially Go on uh, another of our services to to discover
1: more, and and that um that is it's kind of a hybrid approach. I would I'd say. I mean, if you look at the approach of Disney Plus, it's very much to take everything away back to Disney Plus, and then you know they're looking at ways of making that app available to consumers. Whereas you know you will have multiple touch points. You'll have your you know, linear channels, you'll have your, you know, HBO Max, you'll have your channels or branded, HBO branded services. So there's a, there's a, you know, a total mix. It looks like, you know, the Warner Media approach is not to go 100% D to C. It's uh, it's very much a mix. And, you know, would it be fair to say that the HBO Max is just a, Channel, if you like, and I I don't mean a linear channel. I mean a a, a path to take more content to consumers.
0: We're certainly in a hybrid model in the sense that we do believe that those two approaches to the market are they complement each other in a way Uh, because also you you they can coexist because you're also talking. At least today and for the foreseeable future, it may not always be the case. But we feel that these are different ways of engaging with consumers and fans, and a streaming-only approach may not be the best way as uh, as successful as we could be. Therefore, yes, we are. We're not shutting down channels. We're not removing content from our channels, thinking that it should only sit on the on the HBO Max service. At the same time, and when you said HBO Max. Is only one more channel for us. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it this this way because HBO Max is definitely the most uh, important and strategic part of our business today. It's emerging. It's growing. It's not launched everywhere yet, but the ambition is huge. And it's not just the ambition that is huge. It's also the means and the investment that is that sits beyond behind this this service. And also in terms of engaging with consumers we want multiple touch points yes but it's also very fundamental for us to make sure that it's it's easily readable by the consumer and in that sense some of our most attractive premium prestigious content however you call it will be available on HBO Max and there will be no question for people for consumers that that's where they'll find the next succession that's where they'll find the new batman you know high high end content and also a lot. Of our library content will be accessible on HBO Max, on HBO Max only, and always be on HBO Max, which I think is also part of, you know, defining what the unique selling proposition of HBO Max is. Therefore, no doubt that this is by far our most important new way of engaging with consumers. But that doesn't mean that it should just kill all the others or we should remove them from market. That's that's probably how we envisage it. Right.
1: Right. And so. Um, with HBO Max being such a, a tight focus, you know, will you be looking to do deals with platforms for the app, sort of bundling deals?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we are, as I said, B two B relationships, platform relationships are fundamental to our growth and to our success. We we have a before Max launched in this region, we already have a very successful HBO presence in some markets in the Nordics, in Spain, Portugal, and Central Eastern Europe. And there, we've we've developed a model where, back to what you were describing, which is hybrid in the sense that it's D2C on one side, direct relationships with customers, um, OTT, and at the same time, B2B relationships through some of the biggest platforms in those territories. The reason why we have done that is because we believe that uh, the two are, again, are complementary and um, not, you don't need to choose between one and the other, also because you're not addressing the same consumers and subscribers, whether you, you choose one route or, or the other. So, yes, we are definitely uh, working with platforms in the market where we're already operating. We have those relationships. They take many different uh, forms. It can be exclusive relationships. Uh, for example, in Spain, we have an exclusive a b2b distribution agreement with Vodafone or it can be non-exclusive relationships where we work basically with all the players in one market like in the Nordic or in central eastern Europe and then the way we are distributed is also can take those type of relationships can take very different forms it can be bundling bundling obviously allows you to reach a, a number of, of subscribers or it can be more limited or more selected Uh, What I would say, if you take back the example of Spain, the reason why Vodafone was interested in having exclusive relationship with us is because they felt that the HBO and then HBO Max product was a way for them to boost their entertainment proposition. And some players in this market were using football to do that. They thought that having HBO Max exclusively would be doing the same thing for them. And actually they've been very successful with that. And therefore what they decided to do is to use... HBO, HBO and then HBO Spain and then HBO Max as sort of the cornerstone of their content strategy, bundling it with as many uh, packages and triple play, et cetera, offers as, as they could. So that's a model we've, we've chosen in Spain, but it doesn't mean that it's the you know, one model that we'll choose everywhere. Uh, we really look at the reality of each market to see what we think the, the best way will be to grow in the markets, and establish a strong presence for the for the service and the brand. Right, and and thinking
1: about that, and the differences between some of the markets. If if we look at the content strategy, do you, do you think you'll be looking at doing more local originals in in different territories?
0: Yes, absolutely. Local content is imperative for a service in, in streaming. First, because, I mean, you could see that that's what everyone's doing more and more. So no doubt that this has now become the norm. But also at WarnerMedia, it's not something we're discovering now. On our linear channels and our branded services, we've been very successful at creating original shows and original programming. If I take the example of Germany, and there are the TNT brand, and then Warner Brothers TD brand, same in Spain with TNT. Um, that, that 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 has been a key part of our success. We've created shows that you know wouldn't necessarily find the, the space on, on other channels. And in streaming, I would say that it's that, but probably on steroids. It's, it's fundamental, not just because everyone's doing it, but because the audience is, is very much asking for that. So we have to do it, but also we, we love doing it. And this is why we've created years ago a uh, local original productions team in europe led by anthony roots for hbo europe and this team has just been doing more and more and more content over the years and also what's interesting is that this going into original productions allows you to broaden your the spectrum of what you can make available on the service naturally if you look at hbo what we used to be you know core hbo that's really dramas and some comedies that you would expect, but doing creating local original production and now on Max that has, a, has allowed us to go into very different genres, and you know poti- potentially running a dating show on HBO Max, created locally in one market where it makes sense with the relevant talent, uh, which is not necessarily something we would have we would do we would have done on HBO in the past. But yeah, absolutely, and that is the case for TV content, but also for theatrical content, where as I said at the beginning when I introduced myself. We do produce Warner Brothers, Warner Media. We do produce local theatrical movies in a number of markets. And, and again, you, you could say, why do you want to do that when you have this great slate of American movies? The reason we do it is because we think that's very complementary to what we do. We won't do superhero movies in France, Germany, or the UK. We, we already do that somewhere else. Uh, but we will do movies that will resonate with local audiences and that at some point also will probably complement our content offering on the platform. So, you know, it's really an, an ecosystem and we embrace that, that uh, movement to local cause we think it's really key and it, it drives also the personality of the service in the market. It's fundamental.
1: Okay, great. So I think that takes us on nicely to maybe having a quick chat about content sales and how that sits because if HBO Max is a is a big focus what's going to be the approach in the future to, to content sales to third parties?
0: Well, first of all I would say we're known for being one of the biggest uh, content sales player in, in, in the world and we've been for years obviously with the launch of HBO Max that has evolved because some of the content we were selling to third parties is now Made available on our own service, and for some of that content, as I said before, it it, it will be exclusive. So, you know, in the market where we operate at HBO Max, we will not be selling Succession to someone else because that's not the strategy that we're we're following. At the same time, the purpose of HBO Max is not to host the full library from Warner Brothers that has been, if you, as you may know, has been created 98 years ago. So. The platform is not going to be the recipient of those thousands of of hours of of content, of movies and series, etc. We curate this platform and therefore we choose what is best uh, and what we feel is is most relevant uh, for it. And therefore, a big part of our portfolio of of brands, but also our library of content uh, can be made available somewhere else and can be sold to uh, other players naturally we always want to make sure that on HBO Max we have what we feel is best and we, that should sit there uh, but then we can sell therefore we are still selling content to third parties in markets it is true that selling if, if I were to take a, an extreme example it is very unlikely that we would sell one show to a, a competing a platform in the market because that wouldn't make so much sense if I go back to the point about having very clear and distinct offers. HBO Max needs to be positioned as, as a very unique service uh, with content you can't find anywhere else. But then there's a range of content that may not be on HBO Max or can actually be co-exclusive with other, other channels. And the example I would use there again is free to our channels, w- which are much less competing uh, with a streaming service than other pay offers. We are selling to free-to-air channels. For example, we're selling our movies to them or sometimes selling second windows to our, to our content. That is something that uh, will, will continue in the future because, again, we think that it's not direct competition. And in terms of building brands and franchises, uh, free-to-air television can also be uh, very valuable.
1: Right. So as far as the sort of um, windowing strategy developing... You know, we've seen some studios doing co-exclusivity, shorter windows, some non-exclusive deals. You know, it, it looks like people are more willing to break the rules, if you like, which I suppose Netflix came in and, and blew up a few years back. But do, do you see that happening more and
0: more? Definitely think that windows are changing. And that's not just for content sales. It's just in, in the, the wider industry, uh, if I take an example, we are, our new theatrical releases so our, our Warner Brothers movies, our strategy, wherever it's possible from a regulatory perspective, is to make them available 45 days after their theatrical exhibition to make them available on HBO Max. Definitely shortening the window compared to previous models. And after 45 days, we'll co-exploit them with our transactional, you know, video windows. As when when then coming to um, other sorts of windows, co-exclusivity, et cetera, I would say there isn't a religion on that. Models are changing, are are evolving. For us, it's really about ensuring that it's easily, it can easily be understandable, uh, understood, sorry, by the consumer. So they know where to go to find the content. And that's the way we manage uh, our portfolio and our library of content is ensuring that if I'm looking for Harry Potter, if I'm looking for Game of Thrones, I know exactly where I need to go. And therefore, it's not about maximizing your sales by trying to have as many windows and you know, make as many dollars as possible. Just looking at the content sales business, it's really about strategically ensuring that the consumer and the subscriber to HBO Max knows that the best from WarnerMedia can be found on the services subscribed to, and then, There are other windows that can be contemplated, second windows or not an exclusive windows, free to air, as I mentioned, et cetera, et cetera. So we are known to be sort of uh, flexible and and open to business, but at the same time with a very clear strategy, which is that HBO Max is is the top priority for the company and and consumers and subscribers to the service need to feel that they get value for for what they do.
1: Right, 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 right. So so the the traditional first pay window that's disappeared sits with HPMax? max
0: yeah wherever wherever it's possible you know markets like france for example the regulation doesn't allow uh streaming platforms to do that but wherever it's, it's more exception uh than, than anything but wherever it's possible yes that's definitely the strategy at least you can look you can see that in all the markets where we've launched in the us in latin america and in europe now We're we're making that first window available on the service.
1: Okay, okay. So I think we've got a clear picture now of HBO Max and what what it is and what's you know when it's launching, what it's going to be. If you were to look into the future, how do you see HBO Max evolving? And I think I mean this is a question about you know do you think it'll ever get sport on it for example is it going to try and encompass a an even broader genre of content
0: i don't have a crystal ball obviously but uh, what i would say is uh well hbo max is still to to launch in a number of markets so the evolution of max is definitely to make it as global as possible because once you're truly global, you have have the ability to make content travel even more than we do today. But we've seen a lot of success with some of our local shows, for example, from Spain, going on the US service and finding an audience there that we wouldn't have expected uh, before. So I would say continuing to roll out the service will enable us and, and to invest in local original production will enable us to have our US content remain massive and a pillar to the service, but also have all this international flavor to the service, which I think is, is something that the, the audience and the subscribers are, are, are asking for today. If we look at the content mix, we, the HBO Max has already gone way beyond what HBO was doing in going into genres that we were not looking at before. That's the case for It's Scripted. I talked about dating shows, That's something you would have never imagined or expected on on HBO, uh, which is available on Mac. So definitely, if I look at the future, I'm sure that we'll go into even even more genres so that the service is really broad and has a strong appeal for the whole family. That's for sure. When it comes to sports, I would say that we're already doing things in some parts of the world, which it doesn't mean that therefore sports will be Available on HBO Max everywhere in the world. But in Latin America, in, in Brazil, in Mexico, we do have the champions, the, the UFA Champions League available on HBO Max. So that I think is, is gives you an indication of what we feel we can be doing. Again, it doesn't mean that tomorrow it's going to be everywhere, but it's also very interesting for us to see how this is how this works, how you know, sports fans engage with a streaming platform and whether that's a model we want to try to replicate in other places. But certainly we're seeing, especially on, on when you have games on, a massive engagement on the platform. And we all know that streaming is about, like any s- subscription is about getting people in, but also ensuring that they're satisfied and that they, they don't want to churn. then they, they keep the service. Therefore, sports plays a very important role and interesting experiment that we're doing in Latin America. And then we'll see maybe that that's, you know, the future for all of our services, but we're already doing it in some markets.
1: That's interesting. I guess the other thing we haven't we haven't touched on yet is the the discovery merger. So, you know, I I know it hasn't happened yet, hasn't had approval yet. And rumor has it that that'll be kind of mid-year sometime. With that, what, what impact do you think that will have on HBO Max?
0: That's an area, unfortunately, where I can't make any comments. Uh, as you said, since the deal hasn't been approved officially, I can't make uh, any comment. And the only thing I could say is echoing what our CEO said, which is we feel that there's a lot of value in combining the two businesses because they are complementary and that would allow us to be even more successful in the, the entertainment world. As well as the streaming world, but I'm not in a position uh, to to tell you more than that today.
1: No, that's fine. That's fine. And I think you know we can um we can speculate, but I guess until the deal happens, then who knows? Who knows? Um, okay, that's great, Pierre. It's been fantastic talking to you and a really interesting insight into you know Warner Media and the strategy of HBO Max and the the development of that business. So to sum up. What would you say excites you most about your job for the next 12 months?
0: Well, a number of things. Obviously, you're running out max into new countries. It's it's a fantastic service. And where we launched it, we've had huge success. And uh, and we're seeing that the engagement from the, the, the subscribers is, is great. So just making it available to more people is really um, both a great ambition of ours, but uh, also very exciting, my teams and, and myself. Uh, so that's certainly one thing that is very exciting. The other one I would mention is just continuing to make great content available to uh, audiences. And I'm seeing it. And this is, you know, Max is a way of doing that. But we also, we have, as you know, a very strong movie business. And just hoping that 2022 at some point is going to get, is going to become a bit more normal. So we can release those incredible movies that we have in in our slate, uh, starting with the Batman in in March and and many other DC movies and Fantastic Beasts coming. So I'm really excited by this uh, movie slate that we have and just hope that we'll be in a a position to make those available to people in cinema so they can have a great experience. But certainly the the movies that we have are, are very exciting.
1: Great. Well, fingers crossed for a a better 2022. I think think everyone can agree on that for sure. Pierre, thank you very much indeed for for joining me today on Inside Content. And I look forward to catching up with you in the the near future.
0: Yes, thank you very much, Jonathan. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside Content from 3Vision. You can always reach out to us at 3vision.tv if you want to learn more. Or, if you're a business with ambition in the content world, our consultancy services can help. With decades of combined experience, we know the ins and outs of the industry like nobody else. Catch us next time on Inside Content.